episode 146 of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. I'm at Sig of my French, so uh, we won't be going any further there. We're into the test window. Uh, first test down for the Wallabies. We're going to get in-depth to that tonight. We'll look ahead to next week and have a bit of a wang uh, over anything else that comes up. Three guests with us today. Matt, down there in Sydney. How are you, mate? Bonjour, Reg. <laughs> Bonjour, you too. Uh, Gibbo is joining us uh, for the first time for a long time, Gibbo, right? First time ever, I think. Uh, bonsoir, bonsoir on the podcast. Yeah. Excellent. Long time listener. Well, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> you should fit right in. And, of course, we've got Gaffer over there in the West. How are you going, Gaff? Bonjour, messieurs. How are we today? <laughs> Tres bien. Tres bien. Yeah, Fantastico. <laughs> let's let's move on, guys. We're going to jump straight to the test. And as we said, it was the first test of the season. I assume we've all watched it, although that shouldn't be an assumption we make too often on this podcast. But um, <laughs> we played the French up here in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night and won 50 points to 23. Uh, a couple of late tries there to the Frogs probably uh, uh, made the score a bit more flattering to them. But either way, 50 points. What about that? Do we see that one coming? I'm going to start with you, Matt. You're up here watching it with us. I was, mate. No, I did not see that coming. Although I'm, uh, people will remember one coat, uh, Scott Bryant. We did a bit of a sweepstake at lunch or dinner, I should say. And uh, he, he said 59-9, I think. So um, he, he, didn't, he didn't get too far off and he, bl- he blamed the Waratah kicking. Uh, for letting him down. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't see that. Po- I didn't see those points coming. Um, I probably didn't think that we would click as well as we did in attack for the first outing, and I also didn't pick that the French would be quite that dismal. So um, yeah, it was, there was quite a gap between the two teams, wasn't there? Oh, it was, it was astounding. Oh, I was the same. I mean, you know, I think the big talk beforehand is we we hadn't won for three years, that first test of the year. Now, you look at those three tests and what was it, last year we played the Lions and that was that was actually you know, not a bad performance, but we, we went down by, by two points. That was when Kirtley missed the kick through a, a, and slipped with a, a last-minute penalty conversion. Mm. Uh, the year before, it was we went down to Scotland in those dreadful conditions up there and or down there in Newcastle and we, we blooded, you know, I think Luke Morahan, uh, Mikey Harris, Dave Dennis, Dave Palmer. Dan Palmer, sorry, who uh, we should be trying to get back to Brisbane, uh, getting back to uh, Australia to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they all made their debut. I think Mike Hooper as well. Um, and then the year before that was that infamous game versus Samoa, when again we blooded the likes yeah. of Phipps and Rocket Davies and Sitalaki Tamani, and it was actually um, Matt Giddo's last game for Australia, so to, to bring it back to the French. So, you know, there was some... Uh, some uh, a bit of a hoodoo to overcome there, but uh, we did it with uh, we did it with style. I thought, Gibbo, what were your impressions on the match? I was um, I was pretty unimpressed by the French. Actually, I had a, I had a good look at their uh, Six Nations games, and they scored some fairly impressive and disciplined tries from broken play. Um, didn't see any of that on the weekend. They, like I said, they scored a couple of dodgy ones, but um, it was. Pretty unimpressive all round from them. I expected a lot more. Uh, I know it was a sort of second string side or whatever everyone else was saying, but 
when it came down to it, their the Six Nations was pretty disciplined. Their defence was quite good. And uh, their scrum was quite horrid, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm quite quite worried for them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's going to be a bit of a different team next weekend than we'll mm. see. And I, and I also think, uh, as Bob Dwyer said, that the French are probably most dangerous after a hiding. So uh, it could be a different thing this weekend. Yeah, well... Uh, they've managed to beat England and you saw what England did to New Zealand on the weekend. So mm. yeah, It's remarkable you say with France. I mean, historically, they've done that. A lot of it, you go back to that sort of early pro era or the, the amateur era where, you know, we'd play a two-test series and smash them in the first test and they'd make a dozen changes and come back and smash us. Um, you know, this test, there are some changes and we'll get to that. And that's as much to do with the uh, the timing of the squad selection, some rested players and so on. So there's no doubt it'll be a challenge. But uh, Gaffer, what about you, mate? What was your uh, immediate impressions of, of the test? Yeah, I agree with everyone. I, I was surprised at the ease at which we sort of were able to break the, the defence of the French and, and, and sort of how they weren't that... Uh, you, you didn't. They didn't have that flair that you would expect from a, from a traditional French side. But I must admit, before the game, I was sitting there with a few uh, non non rugby mates over here in Perth, which there's plenty of them, and uh, and I was I was very very nervous about the game. And, and when the kickoff went, I think it was Fafana who took the uh, the kick the kickoff at the and he was able to break the line and ran about 15 20 meters with his foot with the first touch. And I thought, well, here we go. The French the French are here to play. And then a couple minutes, a couple seconds later, really, uh, you had. Stephen Moore go down with his knee injury, which which has now ruled him out for the next next eight months, I think, and and I was really worried, but then sort of it just clicked. Falao got that 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 first touch of the ball and was able to run 30, 30 meters with it, and then a couple of minutes later we had we had a few points on the board, and, and it was all uphill from then. So it was it was it was a bit of, it was it was amazing how quickly they the French sort of laid down and and let the the, the Wallabies sort of run over the top of them, and it's sort of half un, not not half unexpected, I guess. A lot of them, a few of them, still didn't rocked up. Well, on Tuesday before the game, so you would expect hopefully this weekend they'll be able to do a better with a bit of effort with a bit more uh, players available to them. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got gags. Well, I was going to say about you know turning points in games, right? And it seemed to be the first time Izzy touched the 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 ball was the turning point. Um, And I think, as you're alluding to there, Gaffer, I think that's when the French seemed to kind of lay lay down and say, "Oh, you've you've got it," because they kind of waved him through all night, didn't they? Um, And uh, yeah, it was kind of all over after that. Yeah, they just sort of watched him in awe, almost. Just here's this guy; he's been scored plenty of tries, and, and they just let him do what he does best. And they they weren't pressuring him at all all night. It was just amazing. Gaff, you talked about the French lying down, but their first scoring play, and they had you know good possession and position. And Michelet goes for the the drop goal. Now I know there's a, an old strategy there about trying to take the home ground. Um, home crowd away from the, the home team. I think <laughs> there's not much of a home crowd there for starters, but um, that seemed a fairly fairly ludicrous uh, option in, in its own right and, and very quickly, as we saw not long after that, Izzy was in the corner from a, a loop around with uh, with uh, uh, Tatafu. Oh, no, sorry, it was Wycliffe and um, uh, James Slipper on the outside there. So um, mm. uh, I, I thought that was an odd one from me, if you like. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I... Uh, uh, Having a look again at what they did against sort of Italy, they didn't have a lot of footy in that first half against this weekend. But in Italy, they put twenty points on in a sec in a half with only thirty percent of the football. This is a side who knows how to play footy. So whether they're coming off a pretty uh, hard club season up in the top fourteen or whatever, they 
they just didn't look organised. They didn't look prepared. And you'd hope that with 11 changes this week, some of those top 14 connections can pull it together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's let's break it down a little bit. We uh, we scored, uh, so we, Izzy scored early through that leap, as I said. Um, Michael Hooper, I think, was next with the uh, the tap over from uh, uh, Kurandrani. Uh, Matty Tamua scored from the, the fumbled ball in goal. And I think that was pretty much, that's the, that was the first half action. So the, those three tries there. And then we brought it home in the second half when that beautiful play. And I can, oh. So I was about to say it's one of the plays of the season. It's the first test of the international season. But that that Nick Cummins try wasn't that a, mm. wasn't that delightful, Matt? You talked early on about how surprised you were at our combination, but the combination there, I think, there was a delightful pass from uh, Matty Tamua and, and some good lines run from Cummins and the other boys um, to 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 get over the line there. That the combination on some of those those late tries were was something special. Yeah, I mean, I we'll see if I can get some time to get to it. I've actually uh, cut that. Uh, clip out and had a little bit of a look at it but I, I actually it kind of took me on to maybe our next discussion point about people who impressed and yep. um, you know the, one of the people who really impressed for me who I'm not quite sure got the raps for it this week uh, was Tavita Kurandrani um, you know he was part of at least three maybe four tries an in, integral in, integral part to them um, actually at least four tries um, and actually he plays a really important role in that in that move so the French are actually lined up quite well um, and they're lined up flat uh, and uh, he's the uh, decoy runner um, and takes his man I would suggest within an inch of maybe getting penalized but um, and makes that hole that Ashley Cooper goes through uh, so I mean it, and then you're right then there's that lovely line that uh, the badger runs off um, for Lau, um to cut back in, which Bob Dwyer talked about during the week about how actually how well they played it because it's easy to go too early and how they left it late enough. What's interesting about that is actually just watching the replay of the game. Um, it actually happens about three times throughout the whole match. You see, I think the Honey Badger does another another two times and Adam Ashley Cooper does another one time where the, the, the pass isn't there, but they leave it late and just do that switch. I, and I, I can't believe they, they weren't um, practicing that actually. Um, during yep. the week, so it was great to see that happen. But yeah, I mean that was just a beautiful run. It kind of happened right in front of where I was standing. It was it was quite breathtaking actually. Have a, when you have a look at that. Have a look at the defence. You say they're they're well aligned. Ashley Cooper goes through the gap, and then there's just two blokes running alongside Israel Folau, like <laughs> two two metres either side of him. Um, I know they're trying to double team him or whatever, but you're not going to do that standing next to him. Um, it was it was fairly poor marking up, and he just coasted through and then hit hit the pass. It was yeah. Well, well Ashley Cooper was already he he put them beyond the line, so those guys. Yeah. So you know they were, they were trailing. But I, what I completely agree with you is is that they had absolutely no hustle in cover. I mean, yeah. you know, there was no scramble from the French. Once you were through, you you were over. And talking about Kurandrani, look at how many he does it very very well and. It, it's got the problem of uh, it might not work one day, but he seems to enjoy the rush up. Yeah, he does. He's, yep. he's, he's smashed a few blokes um, two or three times, and it's just like one day that's not going to work, and you're going to end up with egg on your face. But he did it last year, and he's done it again this year. Uh, and I think I think we've seen it not work a couple of times with the Brumbies, but I, I don't mind as long as there's that, there, there's that measured approach. He's not doing it every single time, and he's picking his numbers. He, he will miss it, and, and I'm you know that's the benefit of having the likes of. Uh, Ashley Cooper outside of him and Sina can hopefully somewhat c- 
cover that. But yeah, Kurandrani was my man, and I'll have to choose someone else. But I gave him an eight in the player ratings. I thought, and that was for my first hand watching at the game. But mm. when I watched the replay the next day, and he made ground every time he got the ball, uh, yeah. and looked dangerous and was strong in defence. I'm a big fan of him. He was fantastic on the end of season tour last year. And he's, look, I love that big, bulky outside centre that we had with Herbie and then um, obviously Sterling Mortlock. And we, Ashley Cooper was almost pinged for that position, but picked for that position, you know, as the the incumbent to take over from Sterling, but never really was there long term. But Kurandrani, I think he's he's a fantastic player. Mm. Um, Gaff, from your perspective, your standout for the game from the Wallabies? Uh, well, he's already been mentioned, but. I couldn't go past Nick Cummins. I thought he had a massive game on the weekend, one of two players to make over 100 metres in the match and uh, obviously bagging some meat there uh, off the low. And also I thought he was really good under the high ball. Um, there was a few midfield bombs. He was, came in and defused and, and got the ball back. And then I think there was one, I think it was a lead-up to uh, Hooper's try, I think it was. He took the ball on halfway and uh, and made went, went into contact and then, him and uh, I think Tamura was on behind him. They just drove the ball forward for another 30 meters and ended up on the 22. And it just shows what he what he's about. He he doesn't give up and and he'll fight to the end. And and that that broke the line. Got the got the got the the team behind the, the defensive line. And they were able to swing it wide and for Hooper to go in. So I think he was uh, he was massive on the night. And and, and uh, so I'm I'm stoked as a as a Western Australian, obviously. <laughs> yep. Very, very parochial, but pretty fair too, mate. I thought Cummins had a, had a fantastic name uh, game. Uh, Gibbo, what about yourself, mate? Mate, I've got, I got a, a few mates of mine won't, won't be happy with this, but I'll give it to, to Tafu, actually. Um, it was probably the most complete game he's played, uh, considering the conditions that he came on with. Um, scrum held up okay. His line-outs were probably as best as I've seen yep. him throw. Um, if he can put two or three games like that together, I think he it'll kind of uh, reminds me a bit of um, Mialamu when he was sort of really starting to hit his strides. Uh, he always had a issue with his throwing and used to cop a fair bit of flack over here about it, but then put all that to bed with a few solid performances. And hopefully he can sort of kick on this year and really cement it and not let it be an issue anymore. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a good, stable game from him. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a great opportunity for Taff, isn't it? He knows that he's there for the season. The position is his, effectively, so he can, he can, he can, you know, sit there comfortably doing the hard work that he, we know he will. What a, what a hard proposition it would have been for him to come in after that five minutes um, and have to play the full game. And, uh, again, I mentioned it in the ratings where it was great. He's, he's had a lot of... Um, minutes under his belt this year for the Waratahs. I think he probably would have finished, played the full 80 in most Waratah games, which is which is perfect for this situation. Um, look, we should mention, when we talk about Tataf, is, is Stephen Moore. I mean, we talked about him last week and raved about his appointment as captain and, you know, uh, what a great opportunity for him and deserved, hard-working, you know, loyal Wallaby supporter. And then I think most of us probably picked it up pretty early in the first couple of minutes when he went down and he toughed it out and, and got back up. But from, it was from the resulting kickoff and he really hobbled and we just knew it was the worst-case scenario that he was going to go off. And what was it? I think five minutes by the time he, he got off the field. But what a what a dreadful start for, for Steve Moore and his, what should have been the biggest game of his of his life since his debut, effectively. Oh, Jags, yeah, I mean, it was a cruel stroke of fate, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. really was. For a guy who's worked this hard to get there, I just you can't imagine how the guy's heart must have broke. 
with that. So yeah, really, really, really felt uh, sorry for him. And and you, but you could see, I mean, you know, like you said, when he went down, and you could see what the docs were looking at his knee. And then when they strapped and he tried to walk on with it, I think the whole crowd was like, "Mate, don't do it." Yeah. <laughs> and you could yeah. see it give way like the first time. But um, I saw a great great tweet from someone. I wish I could remember who it was, but who basically talked about how. You know, he then went on to lift somebody at a kickoff, make a tackle and hit a rock <laughs> with basically no knee. Yeah. Um, and you compare that with what we'll see in the Soccer World Cup coming up over the next few weeks. Um, yeah. It kind of shows the difference, I guess. Well, let's – let's look, there's a few players I could mention. I gave Hooper my man of the match from the ratings. I thought he was sensational. And, and, and similar to, to Taff coming on, Hooper had You've to take got no it. idea, Reg, what <laughs> Evan should be doing. <laughs> He's got he got no pilfers. No pilfers. He, he was derelict in his duty. It's it's not a proper seven. Although I think Gaffer Gaffer might have something to say about that, dear Gaffer. No, I think he's the man for the job. Absolutely, I think uh, Hodgson and uh, and Gill are rightfully behind him at the moment. He 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 he, he might not have made a, any pilfers on the weekend, but geez, he he did enough work to to justify his position. That's for sure. No, there's a few confrères of yours from out west, I think, who who were up in arms about his lack of pilfering. Oh, well. yeah, I'll get, get over it. <laughs> I'm firmly of the belief that we're moving away from the pilfering seven and and throwing less time into a ruck. Not not so much so many bodies, but less time into a ruck. And, I think and, that also. Oh, sorry, I was going to uh, say that also probably comes back to that skill is now being picked up by a lot of other players. You see, Fardy. Yeah, uh, I think exactly. uh, Slipper also made a couple of turnovers. It's not just the seven who's now being that jackal. Yeah. Everyone, it's sort of a, a generic skill that everyone has to now practice and, and be able to do. Um, and, and you still get the masters like a Pocock or a Gill, but everyone else is still capable of doing it just as good. And, and, and that sort of leaves Hooper to be able to do other things. So There's actually a better opportunity from a counter-ruck than a, than a pilfer. Yeah. Uh, to, and, and it's a lot easier to uh, counter-ruck than try and pilfer and get penalised. So when, you, when you're in that, in that mindset of taking the space past the ruck instead of putting your head down and digging for the ball, you know if you take the space and just keep going straight, there's blokes behind you, you're going to get the counter ruck and get the footy and instead of trying to fart us around and, and digging it out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what the Tars have been doing with Hooper, isn't it? Um, been, you know, using him to get over the ball, and he's got that crazy leg strength and yet leg drive. And yeah, mm. I mean, and, and you saw the number of times where even if that doesn't happen, you know, he he manages to slow the ball down so, you know, good good few seconds uh, without any risk of penalty. So, um, yeah, I've got to say, I don't I don't think it's a mistake. Oh, it, absolutely not. He's a standout, and and he's been rewarded with the captaincy this week. Um, which hopefully is not the curse some have uh, allowed it to be. But I wanted to mention, look, and I thought Slipper was fantastic and Izzy unbelievable. And, and in fact, there was a time when Izzy didn't break a tackle and I was legitimately shocked. I think that's close to the first time I'd seen it happen. But uh, the other debutante was Sam Carter. And you talk about Maury making those tackles and lifting the jumper and so on. Sam Carter, who is also out for the next couple of tests, um, his injury occurred in the 11th minute and he played, I think he finished the 80. Um, and... Look, it, it wasn't a, a, a glamorous game. He didn't, you know, it wasn't like Slipper who, who got some TV man of the match and who was very prominent ball in hand and, and, and strung, scrummed strongly. Carter was just everywhere. He led the tackle count uh, for the Wallabies, uh, made a, 
a, a significant number of hit-ups, uh, very busy all round, and, and just a, a very solid. I think a, a players player of the of the of the game, and, and one of the other TV broadcasters there, man of the match. But I think when you're talking about that toughness that Maury had, um, Carter showed it as well, and it's a shame that. Uh, He'll be out, but it looks to be just only for a couple of games or a couple of test matches at least. But uh, I thought it was a wonderful debut by Carter as well. Yeah, I mean, is he going to miss uh, Super Rugby time as well? I suspect so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they said that he might be available for the last round against the Force. Um, oh. that, that's sort of worst-case scenario. Because of a geez, what a blow for the Brumbies, eh? Jeez. That's yeah, well, they've, they've, only got, they've got two games left, so it'll be the... The first game against them is the Tars, and then they, they have a bye, and then the last game. So, mm. oh, and yeah, not good. S- still, two test matches to play, so who knows what will happen in these two test matches? Mm. Uh, touch, touch wood. He does play a very traditional second rowers role, sort of yeah. hit, hit your rucks, make your tackles. When you look at someone like Brady Retallick, who's canting off down the field two or three times a game, it's a very different uh, kettle of fish. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Stevie Moore, though, is, you know, Squeak's been one of those guys who just hasn't got injured. So, yeah. you know, even when Tataf, you know, you know, he gets injured every second test. So, you know, even when he's been doing that, you know, Steve Moore's been there. So we haven't had to dip into the third or fourth hookers for a while. And um, I think we could be seeing some, some blooding um, of some yeah. of the young guys in, in this series. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's stick with this test for a second. And, and guys, I, you know, we've talked a bit about the game and the tries and some of the players. What about... What else from the, some of the standout moments or, or significant moments from the game, uh, or it surrounds from talking points, I guess, from, from this game? Right. Uh, uh, Gav, anything specific? Or Matt, did you want to jump in there, man? Yeah, I was just going to jump in. Um, so, having caught up with him for a beer after the game, uh, which some people might have seen on social media, when I say caught up with the beer, yeah. he made the mistake of walking through the Caxton car park and got jumped on by us, um, was uh, Craig Joubert. The only bloke uh, yes. there recognised him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a chat with him, and he r- recognised and said he reads Green and Gold Rugby, by the way. So uh, out really, there. So, yeah. yeah. So there you are. But um, yeah, I, he, he had a curious game, didn't he? Um, on, on the refing front, yeah. he uh, seems to have. I don't know. I, I don't know if he was trying to do some square up for the French from that World Cup final because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the press about how the French were still pretty seething over that. Yeah. But he seemed to adopt the same problem, which was just to not referee at points yeah. um, and just kind of try and defer stuff to the referee, to the TMO. Um, and then when he tried to step in, he was kind of getting it wrong. So he tried to yeah. roll that Kuradrani thing forward, which yeah. clearly wasn't. Uh, and then the, and the TMO to step in then. But then he basically did that curious one where he gave a try that absolutely no one could see that anyone had got it down and asked a strange question to get it done. So yeah. there was all of that. And then there was the final one, which was, you know, this um, Michelac coming back onside when I haven't heard anyone say he came vaguely near being onside. And, he, and uh, Joubert even said he got one foot onside, yes. and therefore I think he's onside. It's like, surely not. Surely you can't step, you know, have one foot back onside, the other one two metres forward. I mean, that's just a nonsense, um, yeah. even if he'd made it, which he clearly didn't. So that, yeah, it, was a, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Yeah. You could hear him trying to reason with the, uh, like trying to trying to reason it, saying, "Oh, well, he made the effort to get back on side." <laughs> I didn't know that was what the idea of the rule was. Oh, he made an effort to pass the ball backwards, or he made an effort to, I don't know. It's just amazing for that to come out of someone like Craig Joubert, who is such a high, highly regarded 
referee. Yeah. Every third grade prop in sub districts is going to be saying, I made an effort, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of props, I'm not convinced he, he was totally on top of what the scrums were doing. I thought they were oh, pretty messy yeah. on the night and, and, and very consistent in the rulings. I think that many people knew what was going on uh, across the board there. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought, thought he was. Sorry. I was going to say, I thought he was pretty harsh at the end there to award that penalty try. After one one scrum that went down on the goal line, I thought he just wanted to get the game over with and get the game over with, yeah. go to have a shower, I guess. He, he, had, he had a date with Gaga. Yeah, yeah Jackson Street. Yeah, he needed to get to the car park. Yeah, I, I, I've um, had a look at a couple of video, a bit of the video of, of the scrums from what you could see. I mean, the scrums were a mess all night. Yeah. Um, but um, the first two penalties, um, one that went our way and then one that went the other way. Um, it was just it's if, when you look at the replay, it's quite clear that the French loose head was was coming in at like you know f- between forty five and ninety degrees, and just yep. and just um, smashed any way of the scrum staying up both times um, and never got never got spotted. Um, and so we you know you can whinge about it, but I mean I think it just shows. I mean that was the sort of same sort of stuff the Lions were doing to us, and um, and you know they dished us up. So I'm a bit worried if that's going to keep going. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, that was our second string front. We had the whole new, I guess, Tatafu obviously played there, but we had Cowan and Paddy Ryan on a reserve, uh, Kevin Hall on there as well. So, you know, a bit of a disrupted scrum there. Uh, Gaff, what about you? Any major other talking points from the test here that caught your eye? No, uh, not really. I think uh, it was just it was. I think we made the point last week about the combinations, and I thought that it was just amazing to see how how well they really did gel together. And I think it proves Link's point that players of this caliber sort of can come into camp and and switch it on and 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 get the job done. I guess, and and he wasn't worried about it, and and I guess he's proven right. Yep. 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 And and I, well, I've got one more. Yep. Um, I'm ready for it, mate. The, the the woman who flashed her chest. Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Um, <laughs> did that make TV? Because I yeah. I couldn't find it in the replay. It was. No, all... it made my TV. Yeah, it made my. I, I saw it on the replay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can it, yeah. Whereabouts yeah. in the game was it? Was it first half or second half? Can you remember? Uh, second half when they scored the try. Um, her old mate standing yeah. uh, had his had his top up, so she backed him up. And, <laughs> And, and then did it again. If you, there's an extended version of it. It's quite, quite good. Well, we, we spotted her, and this is you know good in-depth analysis is what the fans want. Um, but we spotted she she took her shirt off for the rest of the game until security came down and made her put it back on. So she was sitting there, sitting there topless, you know, with her bra on. But um, it's very comfortable on herself. It was which, which, very French. So which which oh so it was after the first French try, was it? I think so, yeah. Okay, right. Was it that late? But anyway, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely the second half, yeah. Oh, okay, sounds Facebook material. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also thought it was interesting to how long it took uh, Hallwell to get on, considering it was 30-odd in front. Yeah. He, he only got eight or nine minutes. Um, mm-hmm. For someone who hasn't played a lot, um, I well, in hindsight, with in hindsight, with Carter being injured since the seventeenth minute, it's probably pretty significant as well. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, but I guess the, the the other point they made, I don't know, on that was I thought, well, obviously Carter was bloody good. I thought Simmons was bloody good, and so you know, Ewan's not one for those uh, sympathetic replacements. He doesn't play people just for the sake of getting giving them a cap at all. Um, so maybe there was a legitimate feeling that let's keep these guys on while they're doing well. 
Yeah, and the, and the, the line-out was going very well, and Simmons was obviously doing a pretty good job. We knocked off a couple of bears. So, yeah, fair point. But did you, interestingly, Simo didn't call anyone else for the game. Um, he was the only one. He, he called himself for <laughs> the game. Well, won all his throws, so he didn't give Carter much of a chance. Maybe he's just being sympathetic to Carter's uh, ankle injury. didn't want him uh, coming yeah, down hard. Yeah. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it also reeks of... Uh, Pretty poor defensive lineout. Yes. From, yeah, from, yeah well, that's my one thing about the, the Taff throwing was that it was never under pressure. So let's wait till next week. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about next week, guys, and, and wrap up from Brisbane. And we moved down to Melbourne. I think the Wallabies flew out today. Um, and uh, Melbourne on Saturday night at Etihad Stadium. And obviously, a couple of force changes there for the Wallabies with uh, with Tatafu coming in to start for more. Uh, we've got Horwell coming in for Carter. McCallum's in for Palu, who's also injured. Um, Hooper becomes new captain, which is a fantastic one. I think we said, he, what is he, 22 or something like that? So the youngest captain since uh, uh, Trevor Allen back in 1947. Trevor Allen was a, a, a very famous Wallaby captain, one of our finest centres. Um, and then that, that 47 Wallaby tour to the UK was uh, alongside the likes of, I think it was Cyril Towers and Maxie Howe was a very famous Wallaby tour. So that's a huge, huge company to be in with Hooper. Um, and then onto the bench, Nathan Charles. What a story this Nathan Charles, and we might speak a bit more about that in a second, comes on for his debut, potential debut as replacement booker. Laurie Weeks, the people's champion, is also in line for his uh, potential debut as reserve prop. And Luke Jones, another potential debutante from the Rebels. So the Rebels uh, now have three guys on the bench, having no one in the squad last week, with Higginbotham also been getting the call up to replace McCalman onto the bench. So um, thoughts about this team, guys? Uh, Gaff, nothing too surprising that team selected? No, I think they uh, they left the back line as it was, and, and I think that was the right move. And, and then, yeah, just those force changes in, in the forward pack. Um, and I think McCalman's been great all year, so he's, he'll be able to step up. Um, and Hall will obviously play. He's going to be playing his 50th test match this weekend, so congratulations to him. Uh, and, and then, yeah, it's tough. As we saw, he, he was able to step in, so I think they've, they've made the, the good call. And, and then on the benches, we a few more de- debutants, and, and it just shows none of those sort of players... Uh, look really out of depth either, so I think it just goes to show we, we're sort of building a bit of a pl- pool of players that can can step up if need be. Gibbo, two interesting ones here. Like there are a lot of um, you know required replacements there, but two uh, not so was that uh, Paddy Ryan's seems to be yeah. just dropped from the squad for yeah. three weeks, and the other one is that. No change to Will Genia. Uh, there's a bit of conjecture about how Phipps played when he came on. Some are standing up for him, some are, uh, are not so. I'm more in the latter case, but regardless, uh, still no Will. Uh, thoughts on, on those two selections and non-selections? Yeah, there's not too many players in, the, in world footy that uh, get dropped after a 50-plus win. So yeah. Paddy Ryan, I don't know, he, he wasn't that bad um, But when he came on, but the... Scrum obviously went a bit pear, a bit more pear shaped uh, when he came on. So I don't know. It, Larry Weeks has been there or thereabouts for a long, long time. Even when he was up with Queensland, he was knocking on the door, and everyone thought he was the next big thing. But um, yeah, we'll see how he goes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, Kepu gets the sixty minutes again and um, see how he goes. Well, there's no surprise. Ewan's a Laurie Weeks fan. He obviously brought him to Queensland um, 
and, and gave him the opportunity where he was superb for the Reds uh, in that uh, 2010 year. Um, and uh, and then he moved to the Rebels, and, and I know Link was very disappointed to lose him, so he's now back connected with him and, and, and has worked hard this last couple of years in particular, had a, a, a slow start to his Rebels career, but uh, is back there with the Wallabies now. Um, your thoughts, uh, Gags, on uh, on getting it and Phipps? Yeah, I, I, this one. I don't know. Anyone who's sitting there arguing, oh, yeah, Genia should be back now, based on what? I mean, you know, it was, it, it's as if you mean that Link didn't mean it um, when yeah, he dropped exactly. him the time round. So, and that he was just playing coy, and really he wants him back. I'm afraid it's, it's, it's largely Queensland delusion, I think, that one. I mean, in, in my opinion, I thought, you know, Phipps played fine. He... he it's back to this thing of what the game plan is, and the game plan is just to keep that ball firing as fast as you can. And, yeah, the passing sometimes isn't quite as accurate as if you took a step backwards and ran sideways a bit and then threw the ball. Um, but that's the whole point. That's the, that's the point of the game plan, in, in my opinion. And the other bit is I think you see Phipps as a scrambling defence, not that Willie G's is bad, but, um, you know, Phipps has been working his ass off in that, in, the, in that front. So I think in the few minutes that Phipps was on, I don't think how you could, I don't know how you could make the call that it's quite obvious that Willie G needs to be back yet, even though I do, you know, Willie G's a an amazing athlete. So I, I get that it's a big call, but I don't see how it's been, how the logic has gone that, you know, it's still Phipps who needs the, you know, who's, who deserves the time. He's, he, yep. Yeah, he's had, he's had one good game for for Queensland as the last game he played. Mm. And Phipps is playing in a side that's tearing the house down, basically. And, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you do? You, you drop some bloke for the fact that someone's played one decent game all year? Yep, I'm comfortable with it. I mean, they're, they're playing that up-tempo game and definitely White and Phipps provide that. So let's have a look at this French squad. And I, I'm actually dreading this gag when you said you'll be able to run through this team, won't you? <laughs> There's not a chance in the world I can, can't even pr- pronounce the Australian guys' names. But So they've made 13 changes to the squad, 10 to the starting lineup alone. Um, so let's call them out. So uh, Bryce Julin is at fullback, replacing uh, Bonneville. Uh, Hugh Gaye retains his spot on the wing. Bastereau is obviously in there now at outside centre. Fafana is still there. Uh, other winger is Maxime Murdard. Uh, Remy Tullies. Morgan Paris is starting at scrum half. So there's a few changes there. So effectively, uh, just just the two uh, guys from last week still there. Uh, in the forward pack, the big number eight who had a great game, uh, Shuli, I think it is, uh, was fantastic. He's still there. Uh, Dusseldorf is obviously back on the side of the scrum and he's captain. Uh, uh, Ningana is uh, on the outside as well. Mastri, Flanguat, Sl- Salami, I've got to call him. He looks like Salami, Salamani, uh, Guido and Menini are all in there as well. So if those names mean something to you, I've obviously pronounced them relatively well, but it's significant that they've made those 13 changes, 10 to the starting lineup, which mm. is uh, astronomical. So I guess the long and the short of it is... We start again. We don't know who we're playing next week. We can't uh, rely on what we achieved last week because we're effectively playing a, a whole new team this week. Mm. I mean, the first thing I'd say is to any uh, French speakers out there is that um, Apologies. It, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily ten debutants. Uh, you might not have heard those names before. Doesn't mean they 
<laughs> Doesn't mean they haven't played before. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the second thing is uh, probably you, uh, what you need to do is uh, Lee Grant is writing the preview as we speak, or he will be writing it. And uh, have a read of that because it'll be the best preview you could see yeah. um, of the of the match anywhere. This guy knows he's French rugby backwards, so I'll be looking forward to reading that as well. Um, yeah, I mean this is the sort of thing that works for the French, though. You know they love it. You know if it, when it all goes wrong, drop half, well drop more than half the team and and or sack the coach and they come back. So I'm expecting what we didn't see in the first in the first match, which is them just to come and sock it to us in the pack. Um, yeah. You know, and with, you know, squeaky out, put a bit of pressure on our line out, muck up the uh, the, the scrum a bit more, um, and, you know, just just play havoc and see what they can get away with. You know what, they're going to they're gonna target Hooper. This will be old school, I reckon. You, you've got that big experience back row, and they are going to look for every opportunity to smash Hooper, I reckon. The young captain... Um, and they will put him under all sorts of pressure. Yeah, that's exactly what I would expect. Yeah, the, well, is a, a we were talking about it before, he's a number seven of the old school. He is a fetcher. He's a scavenger, and he will smash Hooper at the breakdown every chance he can get. And it'll be it'll be a clash of styles, I think, the, the, the back row challenge, and whoever wins, as they always say, whoever wins the rough wins the game. So. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, we mentioned, yeah, we yep. mentioned uh, Dusutua, but I think the other big big in is uh, Bastero, mm-hmm. uh, and he. And then you're talking about targeting Hooper at the the ruck there with Dusutua and Nyanga, but I think uh, Foley might uh, find a bit of uh, bit of uh, traffic in his channel uh, on come Saturday night with Bastero and and Fafana as well. So he'll be able to he'll probably have to step his game up. Uh, didn't have the best game in defence. On the weekend, um, yep. but him and him and uh, Tamu really have to step their game up with the, that sort of threat in the midfield there. Mm. Yeah, he's a big bastard. <laughs> but it's great, isn't it? I'm, I'm glad they've got these changes. They've got the ability and the depth to bring these guys in because you know you, you ran the risk of this second test being a bit of a ho hum affair after winning the first one for fifty. But you can really sense that uh, you know the frogs will be out for this one, and there's some exciting changes and some quality players coming in the team. So there's no doubt this second test will be more that it'll be more a test, and and plus the excitement of seeing the likes of Charles and Weeks and Jones. Um, yeah, possibly making their debuts. It should be a should be a fantastic uh, occasion down there in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, one. I wonder what the uh, the G up is down there at the moment. Is it? It'd be interesting to see what the uh, sort of coverage is down there, comparing that to the Brisbane effort post uh, State of Origin. Um, sort of bit of clash of two games, really. You've got a packed SunCorp versus uh, empty top tier of SunCorp for mm. a test. So it'll be. It'll be interesting to see what happens down in Melbourne. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry, that one, i got to say. I mean, that's the first time. So would they get 33,000? Yeah. And I think that's the first time they've had under 41,000 at Suncorp for a for a international before. So mm. that is a bit of a worry. And, yeah. Uh, so There's a lot of money spent on that state of origin. They were two, $300 a ticket, um, and they only just sold them out. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's a money issue or if it's just... France, um, 
it's there's a few. I think there's a few mitigating factors up there. So yeah, and, and I think to be fair, there's an apathy to the the Australian rugby brand at the moment, and, and and Queensland Reds haven't helped that this year. So look, let's see how Melbourne go turning out their crowds. I can't ex- imagine there's going to be a massive one in Melbourne. Hopefully, it's a prize. But let's then look at Saturday football, Saturday afternoon football in Sydney, and, and see what the crowd is there. If they don't get a good one for that one, that's when there's real concern. So uh-huh. let's not judge too early. There's a, a up here in Brisbane at the end of the year, so we'll see how we're going there. Um, anything more on the, the the next text, guys? Anyone want to bring anything up? Uh, All good, mate. All right. Let's uh, a couple of quick things we want to talk about before we wrap up. First is you know Izzy comes out and has this cracking game, tears him apart, and everything he touches is magic. And the next reports we hear, as per normal, it would seem these days, is he's off to France. Uh, what do you reckon, gangs? Is this just still? Hearsay. What's uh, what's the story? Well, I have no doubt that um, was it. Bujalil will be yep. stood there with a blank check, um, saying, "Mate, basically whatever you want, I'll pay." Um, you know, is he? I get he has to be. Um, you know, hottest property in international rugby at the moment. Um, it's you know, I just think Izzy would be crazy to do it. Um, having said that, what it does bring out is uh, who's bigger, Izzy or the AOU's will? Um, because if he decided to go. Uh, what would you do? Would you say, sorry, mate, you're overseas, you can't play? Um, and uh, Or would you be pragmatic and say, look, you know, he's just too good. You, you, know, you can't not have him playing in the, in the World Cup. Uh, but then if you do that, you know, you've got to, you know, you open it up to everybody else and, you know, all of a sudden the genie's out of the bottle and there's nothing stopping anyone going overseas um, and, and potentially still getting picked. So it, it, it's, it's a big story. Uh, where, you know, whether Izzy would go or not is almost really not the story. It's what happens if he did. Yeah, yeah look, I think that's fascinating. There's a lot of talk, you know, there's been talk in the past about, you know, if you played 50 tests for the, the Wallabies, it gives, gives you the right to go over there and and have a bit of a break and still get selected or whatnot. But, you know, Izzy could blow that theory out of the water. Mm. You know, uh, if, he, if he plays up until next year, he's still only going to have 30-odd tests. But uh, is there the Izzy clause? Gibbo, what do you think, mate? Do we bend over backwards for Izzy? I, 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 my heart says they have to, but my head says no. Um I think I think the French lifestyle is very attractive to a lot of people. Um, if you have a listen to what Carmichael Hunt said, he said, "I played in France for six months. If I'd known how good it was, I would never have signed with the Gold Coast Suns ever. <laughs> um, I would have just stayed there and lapped it up." Now, different kettle of fish, different player, but it's a pretty attractive. Like regardless of the money, it's a pretty attractive uh, proposition. Mm. So it's, and you only have to look at like Mitchell and Ditto, and uh, like they just look like they're having fun, right? Yeah. And, and that uh, there just doesn't seem to be the pressure on that you get here. Um, so I don't know. It's a we're going to have to come out like make a draw a line in the sand one day, and maybe Izzy's that line. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know with Izzy whether, you know, I don't personally know the guy at all. I've never actually met him. But I think there is a thing there about, for some people, it would depend how much you depend on your family and wider family. Um, you know, so, and especially in communities like, you know, um, you know, uh, Tongan and Island Polynesian communities, yeah. the Polynesian com- communities um, 
you know, it, it, it can be that, you know, that wider support network is really important to people and you can't take that with you. So, um, but I'm not, I don't know if that is easy. It might not be. He might just be like, hey, I'm off. I don't mind. But um, yeah, that might be one thing that, that goes into the mix. But I don't know. My gut feel, and I have no reason for saying this, except, you know, I think he would just, from a business perspective, you know, with a World Cup under your belt, um, you're so much, so much uh, bigger a prospect, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the other rumours is Willie Ganey has been looking at it as well, and he's been looking at a change for a while, so I think he's more likely to go um, as well. Uh, Quaid, there's talk that Quaid, and this is all too long, this is all the same club, that Quaid's being talked to as well. Uh, it's on the back of Rocket Rod Davies uh, moving over to France. I'm not sure where he's gone, uh, sort of lost interest in that one. But uh, <laughs> we, we've talked about this, and, you know, France has been a player for a while, but with... Um, with Australia's rugby's financial state combined with the the huge TV deal that France rugby have gone, this is going to become a real issue um, for Australia to cope with, and it's not just going to be the stars. There's going to be a lot of that next run down, um, and we're starting to see that big time. Yeah. yeah, I think this is some sort of ploy by the French rugby rugby union to uh, to sign up all the Australian and New Zealand talent that they can, so that they might be able to win a World Cup in the future. Then none of the None of the countries will have any players left in their country to, to field a team, and, and they'll be able to finally go one better than they have in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would not put it past them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's the news this week. We're going to cut it. it was, you know, it was relatively short, bit shorter than usual. Mm. The only thing I do want to say, guys, if you haven't been on the on the blog site. Um, we've done the second edition of the Gaga All-Stars. It's the forward pack this week. So get on there. You've got 24 bucks to play with. I found it a lot harder than picking the back line this week. Uh, Gibbo, have you had a chance to look at this yet? Yeah, there's a bit of contentions there. A lot of people not uh, thinking we... Yeah, why the hell didn't you pick Jeremy Paul? Yeah, poor drama. I don't know. Someone someone on the internet was annoyed at me. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, really, I'm really quite concerned. Um and Pocock at only a dollar. Um, bargain. It, absolute bargain, um, but yeah. how, it'd be good for your first game at least. Yeah, exactly. That's for a guy who got a busted knee. So. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. He has to play as he is. <laughs> yeah. We didn't actually stipulate that I have to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick a team. Um, uh, go on. Well, I was just going to say, while we're doing parish announcements, uh, yep. there's also there's a competition on the site at the moment, yeah. which is about designing your ultimate Green and Gold Rugby World Cup tour. So we're teaming up with Gulliver's Travels, and um, they're going to do all the heavy lifting, and uh, we just need to bring the genius. Or when I say bring the genius, you guys need to give us the genius, and then we're going to hand that over um, and see if we, what we can do as far as making a, a tour that everyone would want to be on for the World, Rugby World Cup next year. So that's on the blog, um, and uh, you, can, you can find it there. And if you've got any ideas, throw it in. And we've got some great prizes. I think there's an ASICS um, yeah, training jacket. There's a signed under-19s jersey, and there's some caps and stuff. So get your ideas in. Yep, good stuff. All right, guys, well, uh, enjoy the week of just uh, the Wallabies versus France Saturday night. Gags, Gibbo, Gaff, thanks for joining us. Au revoir. Au revoir. We'll see you guys next week. See you, guys. Bye. Seven left.